Welcome to All Things Weddings, helping you navigate your wedding planning journey. And here are your hosts, Scott and Hannah. Hello, welcome to All Things Weddings. I'm Scott, the photographer behind Scott Carney Photography. And I'm Hannah, the wedding planner behind Hannah Rachel Weddings. We're here to help you navigate your wedding planning, to freely share tips, insights and behind the scenes so you hopefully feel less overwhelmed and stress-free while planning your gorgeous wedding. Wanting on all the tips and to listen to a chat to some of our favourite suppliers? Well then, let's dive straight in. Cool. How are you, Hannah? How's your week been? Apart from wet, probably. Yes, very wet. Um, I had quite a chilled weekend because this week's looking quite busy and um, we've got a wedding at Thursday Friday this week so it's just making sure I've kind of got everything for that now and I've got 2024 couples which I'm working with helping them like choose their suppliers and source their venues and things like that so there's lots going on in the background that is kind of um yeah keeping me ticking over this August so that's kind of where my my week is that how how are you getting on august is busy sort of wedding season at the minute isn't it yeah so like july and august are both probably the busiest months so july obviously i yeah photographed a lot and then so there's still a backlog of delivering that so i've kind of delivered all my june weddings now but yeah some sort of heavy on the editing for july and then yeah obviously still shooting a lot in august so yeah so i shot on friday and saturday like ne- next door venues that was helpful so at least so i finished the like midnight ish on friday then I was only 10 minutes away from the Premier Inn, so that was quite nice. Then I managed to have breakfast the next day at the Premier Inn. And so, yeah, that was quite helpful. And it was like a 10-minute drive to the other venue. So, so yeah, it was quite a nice weekend, like long, um, but good. And the weather, like, held out pretty well. So I think Friday was really sunny. Saturday had a tiny bit of rain, but didn't really affect it. And, um, yeah, it was nice that everyone could sort of get outside a bit and stuff. So, yeah, it's really nice. I literally just, because then, yeah, so Friday, Saturday were obviously really busy. And there was busy days as well, so I didn't really get, sometimes I'll, try and do a bit of a sneak peek during the kind of meal and stuff even sometimes if I'm just sat waiting for food or whatever um but yeah I just didn't get a chance to do that this weekend so literally as we're recording this now just put out both sneak peeks basically from the weekend so that's always nice um but yeah just yeah just busy really and um trying to just yeah concentrate on the week ahead so I've got a shoot tomorrow for the like hen party side of things for North Sky Yurts who we've had on the podcast before um so yeah so i'm looking forward to that hopefully we've got some sun but yeah just busy busy really great it sounds great i I love looking at your um instagram because you have got so much content you're just constantly posting sort of your weddings from this year and tips and it's always so good to see so i I like catching up and seeing what you've been up to over the last couple of weeks yeah thanks i always try um unless it's like an nda or something like that and generally always yeah we'll always try and post something from a sneak peek from like every wedding pretty much um, and then sometimes I'll try and post. So if I'm organized enough, then when I'm sort of doing the final export for the gallery, the full gallery, I'll try and um, pick a few and, and sort of put them in a separate folder and then I'll share them as well. And so, yeah, try and keep it. And then obviously over the winter, there'll be loads of content still to post. But, um, but yeah, try and try and tick over on there anyway, at least keep it, keep some content on there. I've blogged a couple of weddings actually as well recently. So not loads of text on there probably go back and sort of fill that a little bit in the quieter months but yeah just a little bit about the day but it's mostly just so if people go to my website there's sort of new you know this year's weddings on there really so there's a few newer weddings which i've blogged which is always nice because i can share more on instagram it's like 10 
images at most obviously in a post and stuff and i don't like to do like 10 posts in a row from the same wedding and stuff so um so yeah the blog's just quite nice because obviously the images are bigger um, and i can share a bit more and stuff so i like to do them but yeah it's usually in the summer they get a bit left behind but yeah there's a couple of fresh ones on there if anyone wants to go and have a look I think it's always nice, isn't it, for a couple when they're looking like Instagram, you only get a really, like you said, like a snapshot of a day. Whereas on a blog, you can get the full feel for what a photographer can do, can't you? Like how they transition from sort of ceremony to wedding breakfast to speeches to evening. And I think it's it's nice for couples to be able to see, to see like what a kind of full gallery, you know, looks like. Yeah, that's it. And it obviously varies how many I share. But yeah, like say from Instagram, it might be 10 on a post at most. Mm. Sometimes it's less or just one image even. Whereas, yeah, on the blog, usually it's like 50 images or so, sometimes a bit more, depending. Um, so yeah, I try and do try and write a little bit on there as well. So I do try and put a few things that might be useful for people reading it or just a bit about what I loved about the day or, you know, that, that kind of thing. So yeah, just varies, I guess. But yeah, it's nice. It's nice to sort of try and blog as much as I can. So I've still got a few to do. And usually over the winter, I'll do a few. So I'll keep a note of which ones I want to blog. And then, um, yeah, just put them up in the winter. But yeah. Perfect. Yeah. How's everything else going then? How's parenthood still? Uh, it's challenging yeah. in the summer, isn't it? It's challenging in the summer. Yeah, I, I am quite pleased that the weather is quite cool you know it has been a bit raining selfishly mm. i am quite pleased because then it means that we have got a, a happy little baby and they're not not overheating which is which is really nice but yeah we've been keeping very busy we've been going to baby classes we've got baby massage baby sensory so that's been really cute nice to meet other babies and other parents um so yeah we've had um quite full-on weeks which has been really lovely and just nice to sort of spend time with her and, and do something different while she's still so tiny because she's growing so quickly it's I just can't believe how quickly they grow yeah it's like cliche isn't it but yeah they always say oh it goes so quick and sometimes when you're having sleepless nights or battles you're like oh it'll never end but yeah it's very quickly they're they're already uh going to school and stuff which is crazy yeah but yeah nice so what are we what are we talking about this week so we're chatting a bit about your venue and questions to ask your venue. Um, when you go on a venue viewing or you start viewing venues or you start sort of getting together ideas of what you might like, I don't know about you, Scott, but I always find that there are so many things that you could potentially ask or it's so easy to forget to ask and so we've kind of just gone through and created a bit of a list of things you know and had a bit of a chat about what um we think would be helpful for you to kind of ask your venue yeah it's tricky isn't it because like i say oftentimes you go for a visit and you forget things to ask obviously because you try and take in everything and you know you sometimes forget the odd question or you know, you go back and so whether yeah, you're just looking at venues, some are better at like FAQs on the websites, things like that. Some are a bit more sparse of info. Usually there'll be someone you can talk to obviously and have a look, isn't there? But when you even when you're going around just looking on your own and walking around, you can kind of put a note of things like, Can we get ready there? And, you know, have a look at that space and how many people are you having getting ready with you and is there enough space? And those are little things to think about. But yeah, so yeah, hopefully it's a helpful you know, chat for people to, to note down some of the questions and some of them might not be relevant for you and some might be. So yeah, just hopefully it's helpful when you're looking for a venue, or even if you've just booked a venue and there's things you've forgotten, you can ask them at least, you know, 
if there's something that you want that they can't do, for example, at least you can then come up with a plan B and, and work out the best way around that um, rather than it getting really close to the day and you haven't thought about it. So, yeah, hopefully it's a helpful episode. Perfect. Cool. Yeah, so we recorded this a little while ago. So, um, yeah, but it was it was a good chat and uh, hopefully yeah, it's helpful. We'll link to any um, useful information as well alongside that because I know you've got some stuff, Hannah, about um, venue questions and stuff. So we'll link to all that as well in the show notes. So, yeah, go and have a look at all the resources, listen to the episode, let us know what you think. And, um, yeah, good luck finding a venue. Yeah, it's a big one, isn't it? Because I guess when you think about the importance of a venue, it's it does set the tone for the day quite a lot, doesn't it? Because obviously, you know, depending on the style, the location, the type of venue, there's just so many options out there. Picking the venue is going to make a big difference to how your wedding day looks and feels to a certain point, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, completely. You know, if you want maybe more of a relaxed, kind of outdoorsy kind of wedding, you might go for a teepee or a marquee or a venue which has got a lot of outdoor space. Whereas if you want something quite traditional or quite stately, you might go for a stately home. There's loads of different things that you you can do and they, they do make, they like you said, they do set the tone, the style, the setup for your day. And each one has different sort of, restrictions and access and limitations and what you can and can't do and I think that's really important to think about when you're looking at venues and you're comparing between the different ones you know what you can and can't do as much as as anything else yeah so I mean I think when we in our episode where we said you know like what the first steps after you get engaged type thing this plays into a little bit, doesn't it? So when you're talking to you know your partner about right what's important to us and what do we want and the kind of style and tone a little bit that's when you probably start to like look at venues a little bit and see what's important to you and i say note down i don't know if you want like say weekend long celebration then you know can you get access the day before and after do they you know can you stay there do you want to be on site off site there's like all those kind of considerations probably come into it when you start thinking about what you actually want from your day and even i think you mentioned that episode about the number of guests so it's like you know obviously it's worth having a bit of an idea of your list because if you've got massive families and friends and you want to have like 200 people at your wedding, that'll already limit the kind of venue and stuff. So there's all those little points to start thinking about, isn't there, before you can even start narrowing down your venue, I guess. Yeah, I think it is. It's having that little sort of basic list of things that your venue must, must have. So it could be like parking on site because you've got loads of guests traveling it could be accommodation because you want everybody to stay for the weekend it could be that you you want a weekend date rather than midweek all of those things I think really help if you identify them before you start looking at venues because then you've got a bit of an idea to pull on when you're looking round and you're sort of scouting out whether you think it's got the right vibe for you or not if it ticks all of those boxes and it might not tick every box you might have to comprehend we've talked about compromise before you might have to compromise on certain elements but it's understanding what you would be quite happy to compromise on and what's like a must-have you know a compromise might be you have to have their caterer their in-house caterer that might not be the end of the world you might really like their menus but they don't have accommodation that might be a deal breaker so it's important to know those things before you have an idea of those things at least before you start yeah definitely i think there's obviously a couple of legality type points as well, isn't there? So if you're, if you really want a venue where you can get legally married, obviously talking about England here and Wales, I think the same rules, aren't they? 
obviously Scotland's different and abroad. So, but yeah, if England, Wales, anyway, you, you know, obviously it'll have to have a wedding license if you want to legally get married there. Again, we've, we've talked about it before, but you could have, you know, a celebrant or a humanist come and do a ceremony at the venue, go and get legally married somewhere else. But yeah, if it's important to you to have the legal ceremony at that, at the venue that you choose, you need to obviously make sure they're, you know, a licensed venue essentially. Yeah, definitely. Completely. And I think, you know, it's, it's talking about what type of ceremonies, where they are sort of where their license covers. Can you legally get married outside there? Is it just one room? Do they have a couple of different rooms where you can get married? What are the different options? What happens if it's wet weather? You know, you want to get married outside. What's the wet weather option? When do they set that up? So it's all of those different things as well that it's worth asking and thinking about when you're sort of going around visiting venues. Yeah, great. So you've got your little list, kind of, you know, maybe you're let's say make or break things. And again, it might end up being a little bit flexible as you visit venues and, and get a feel for costs and what's involved, what you can and can't do. And, you know, you might tweak your list a little bit, but if you've kind of got a rough idea, you start looking for venues, I guess people, you know, you might Google wedding venues. You might think about when you've been to before. You might know places locally. You might have friends who are getting married and you can sort of ask for advice. You might look at wedding blogs, I guess, and see kind of what, kind of you know weddings that fit the vibe that you're looking for and where they were held um but once you've got a bit of a list of venues i guess you can start most of them i'm guessing will let you kind of come around and usually there's might have an open day coming up or they'll let you arrange a sort of private tour or viewing right yeah yeah definitely they might have a brochure and a price list that they can send you over because i think as well it's really important to understand before you even view venues what their minimum and maximum numbers are to make sure that they accommodate yours and as well what kind of pricing that you're looking at because i think if you're going to venues and you're looking around and they're wildly out of your budget that's a waste of your time it's a waste of the venue's time so to be able to get an idea of how much it costs to get married there is always a good idea before you go and look around too yeah, exactly. There's no real point falling in love with the venue, I guess, if you know you've got to have at least 60 people and it can't accommodate that or at least 100 people and you can only fit 80, then it's probably easier to find a, a venue that fits your kind of feel and the guest numbers rather than trying to, you know, get rid of people you actually would like at your wedding just because it's maybe the perfect venue other than that. So, and again, with budget, we've spoken about it a lot, haven't we? But, you know, within reason, if you've got up to say 20 grand spend a venue and it's going to be it's 50 grand before you even start doing anything else and it's just probably not practical to even try you know to try and look around it or to even try and figure that out so but yeah i think if you've got a rough idea on budget and numbers you've got your little question sort of list down you know of your points that are most important to you for the venue you start finding some i think a lot of people you'll go to a venue i suppose you'll get a feel for like this yeah feels like us it feels like it's going to be you know for our day Sometimes you might walk in and be like, I'm just not sure about it for whatever reason. Like, you know, it could be the location. It could be generally how it feels. It could even be just, I don't know, lighting or the venue staff. Like, there's a lot of little factors out there that still mm-hmm. are part of your day and are important for you to think about, you know, whether they seem like important at the time or not. Yeah, definitely. I think that initial feeling, what kind of emotional connection you have when you start walking around or, or wondering and, you know, it's important to kind of get a feel for that. And then I think it's nice if you go and you can speak to a venue coordinator, because I think it's really important to be able to have that time 
to ask about how the day is going to flow from one element to the next like where where would you get ready who can get ready on site you know can it be both of you is it just one of you can you stay the night before if you want to so you're all on site what time can suppliers gain access to the setup where will the ceremony be held the drinks reception your wedding breakfast your evening reception do any of the rooms need turning around it's really important that you're able to visualize the space and how that's all going to flow and how it's going to sort of filter into your day because then I think that helps you sort of cement whether the, that venue or that space is going to be the right one for you and then that's when you can start getting into more detailed questions sort of ask that thinking about is there any limitations on what supplies you can book and things like that. Yeah it's a good point because you know, we've talked about like DIY wins before. We've talked about having planners, obviously, and things like that. So yeah, a lot of venues will have a coordinator, but obviously they're all very different in terms of like how involved they'll be, what they allow and what they don't allow. And I think, yeah, it's good. Obviously, if you can speak to the person who will probably be one of the coordinators on the day, then perfect. Or at least, you know, has worked on a lot of weddings there. You can start to get a good idea of like how helpful they're going to be in terms of like how much advice you can get off them, I guess. Like, can you just ring them up or email and will they sort of, you know, recommend suppliers. Are they there early on the morning to help with suppliers coming in? And there's lots of little facts like that, isn't there, that you need to think you need to know about because if you don't want to be too involved that morning, for example, you just want to be able to relax, you need to know that someone's there to support with that and what time that's going to be and I say how flexible they'll be. And if you're, you know, important that you have a lot of DIY touches or that you're able to even just have a drink late at night, I guess, like what time will the bar shut? And if you're staying on site, do you can you just keep accessing that or is that a kind of final you know shut off period and so yeah there's a lot of quite a lot to think about with that isn't there but the coordinator thing's a good point really and you know some venues that like say are more diy and they'll have the structure but you basically almost get keys for the weekend and you do everything whereas others are a lot more structured where it's you kind of have to follow their flow of the day almost to a point because that's how they're set up to work and you know, the coordinator will be there to help you with that, which is great. But if you want to be a little bit more flexible, it might be harder in certain venues. Yeah, I think it's really important to establish that early on because then when you're building your team of suppliers, you get a feel for who you might need to be a part of your team. You know, do you need a planner or coordinator to help oversee the day and make sure everything runs how you want it to? How many suppliers do the venue supply? Do they have an in-house caterer, in-house bar team? Do they have venue dressers or florists or anybody that they can recommend you know how flexible are they with you choosing your suppliers and that can be a deal breaker for people as well they might have a you might have a really strong idea of the suppliers you want already and if you can't bring them in as part of the team then that might be um, a complete deal breaker for you but yeah I think it's really important to understand the access like you were saying Scott the access of the venue, when you can have it to and from, how setup's going to run, you know, how that day is going to flow and and can they help you put together a kind of timeline for how your day is going to look so that you can share that with suppliers, that you know what to expect. It's also worth noting that some venues have restrictions on the time you can get married. Some won't allow you to get married before a certain time or after a certain time. So it's really important to know about that and factor that into your timeline too. Yeah, I mean, we've said it before and we'll say it again because I think it's important. But yeah, as soon as you start 
looking at a venue, certain dates and everything, it's, you know, like say if you're relying on a registrar to come, you've got to, you know, they obviously cover an area, lots of venues, you've got to make sure they're actually available for that time. So it's, you know, important to make sure there's a registrar available. Say you want a 1 p.m. ceremony, you, you need to book that in immediately, basically, don't you, to make sure they're not, you know, you're not stuck with the time you don't want that doesn't work. And lots of important factors, things like as well, you're looking at a venue might be going around looking at this in the summer at venues to book your wedding but then you're not getting married till the winter so things are gonna be very different and you know some venues just do work you know better when the weather's better in a way i don't actually use the word better you know but like work differently because like you say if you've got to turn the room around you've got to go somewhere while that route turn around the room's happening if it's you know nice and sunny you're outside great but if it's not where will you guess go and is there space for that and how does that look because that might be you know obviously important on the day so you want to make sure you're getting the whole picture of yeah exactly what's available to you and if it's exclusive use or if the hotel is still going to say it's a hotel it's still going to have other guests you know staying you know there's going to be more than one wedding on the t- on the day and off the a lot of venues obviously especially ones that specialize in weddings will have weddings you know thursday friday saturday maybe in the summer and things like that so as you're arriving on the morning people from the previous wedding are leaving so you want to make sure you know you understand how that works and how that crossover period kind of works if that is, you know, something that's important to you. Yeah, you don't want to be disappointed, do you? If you want to feel special on your wedding day, like you want to almost, I always say to my couples, you want to almost feel like you're the only person getting married on that day because it's that important to you. And it's understanding if the venue has a similar structure, you know, do you mind there being another wedding taking place at the same time? Do you mind seeing another couple what is your expectation? And I think it's managing that throughout and finding a venue who can work with you on that. Yeah, exactly. So you might, like say, if you stay, if they've got accommodation for you to stay over, they might have quite a strict checkout time because I say they've also got to turn those rooms around for the next guests for the following day's wedding arriving and that kind of thing. So, you know, there's all that kind of timings to think about a little bit, which, yeah, is really important. Um, I know you talked about on Instagram recently, but, you know, booking taxis is another key one, like, you know, a lot of venues, obviously city centre is going to be easier, but a lot of rural venues, you know, you can't just ring up at 1am to get a taxi because they're just not going to be available. So you've kind of got to pre-book and and then you've got to look, understand from the venue, like right, what time can people stay until and what's the rules around that. And they'll probably be able to recommend companies that, you know, that obviously that work with them quite often, but you're going to have to pre-book. So yeah, knowing the timings for that's important, like what time you have to finish and things like that. And it's if your guests are getting taxis and they've maybe driven over there, can they collect the cars the next day? You know, what timings are involved with that? You know, how flexible can they be? Do they have parking on site? Are you putting on a minibus? It's all those things to think about outside of just the booking, you know, the venue and the suppliers. It's it's like the little things as well that make make a difference for you and, and for your guests. Yeah, like even finding the venue, like some obviously very well signposted and very well known others you know i've got one close to me here and there's a sign at the off the road so you can see the sign but that's it you know there's not really much else it's the main road i didn't even know it was there for a while i drive past it every day pretty much so yeah you want to make sure like do you need a bit of a detailed description of how to get there or do you need to put any signs out yourself or you know that kind of thing Uh, especially with like teepees and marquees and fields and kind of more diy venues that don't have maybe even like set postcodes don't always, always take you to the right place, things like that. So you could use like what three words and those kind of things, can't you now that are out there? But yeah, anything like that, because, you know, I've seen people add kind of directions and maps and stuff to like, you know, their kind of in- wedding invites and things, which obviously works quite quite well. 
and yeah, you know, lists of local accommodation, things like that could be added to invites as a lot of information you can do on there, really, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. It's all those little things that make the process for your process for your guests as easy as possible as well, which is always really helpful. And I, this is why I always say to my couples, you know, it's a great idea to set up a wedding website because all the information that you don't maybe want to print on your invites, you can put on your website and then everybody can have access to that. So you're not having to repeat yourselves, guests aren't having to ask the same question all the time. And it's just nice and, and easy for everybody. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned like catering and stuff before as well. So like if you've got your heart set on certain drinks or certain food, like you say, do does the venue offer that option of allowing you to bring in outside caterers or food? Is there like a corkage? fee if you bring your own alcohol in are you restricted to their you know sort of caterer or their use of their bar etc and sometimes you'll have to use their bar but they can order in specialist drinks obviously if you let them know beforehand and there's a lot of things like that isn't there but that's quite a big one i'll say because there's a lot of venues do restrict that and understandably because they obviously make a good amount of money on their food and drink and it's it's part of keeps the higher cost down because you're using their either a, a recommended supplier or their own sort of in-house catering team so it does make sense but the, you know it's something to be aware of you you might not think about that or you might be like yeah we'll just bring our own drinks to be fine and obviously there's generally quite strict rules about that kind of thing yeah and i think from a venue point of view sometimes venues do have a strict list of recommended suppliers because they're the suppliers they trust to cater from their facilities. It could be that they don't have many facilities. These caterers can provide their own kitchens. They can bring everything they need. They understand the space better. You know, there might be some flexibility if your caterer is willing to do a site visit and they've got their own equipment. From a venue point of view, they, there are reasons why they can be quite strict on whom they recommend because they want the day to be as perfect as possible for you. It's definitely a bugbear of mine, like venues that are quite strict on their supplier list, but certainly if like photography, I just don't think it matters. It's, it kind of annoys me when they're like, you know, certain venues to say you have to use our supplier list or you'd have to pay a like a premium to use a different supplier, which I just think is a bit of a greedy kind of way of doing things. But I do understand, but say for caterers, it makes a lot of sense or people who kind of are relying on some of the facilities at the venue. It does make sense because like you say, you don't want caterers turning up on, uh, hopefully this wouldn't happen because the caterers would be organized as well. And like say, and do a site visit, but you don't want them turning up on the morning, assuming they've got a certain kitchen facility that they then don't have. And you know, it's going to cause issues. So so yeah, I do understand it for things like caterers is quite a big one, isn't it? You know, food's such an important part of the day, obviously, that you don't want to have issues. Yeah, and I think your point uh, that it is quite annoying. It, it can be quite annoying. And it, sometimes you wonder if it's a bit sneaky because maybe some venues are getting commission off the of certain suppliers. You know, if they recommend them, they get part, a percentage of the cost back, which I think is, personally, it's something that I don't agree with commission. Yeah, same. But, you know, everybody has different ways of working, but it is really important to understand why you can only use certain, you know, don't be afraid to ask because they should be honest with you. And if your priorities don't align with what that venue is offering, then it might just be that you need to find a different venue who allows you that freedom that that venue maybe isn't. Yeah, definitely. Also, another one I'd like made a little note here because a lot of times you might be looking around the venue then it's say a few months because you're looking around a few, you finally decide on one, then you book a date and it might be two years in advance. 
right? So this could be like, you could even start looking at venues two and a half years before you went. It could be three, it could be one, but generally there's quite a big gap between you booking a venue and getting married in general, at least, you know, a year, 18 months kind of time, especially for those key kind of summer dates. And are they planning any like work in the process, like in between those dates? Is there anything going to change? And, you know, usually you would think things have changed for the better, but it's just good to know what's being planned and if there's any thing that's going to change because the venue might look different to how you're seeing it now or there might be different things that happen basically yeah. that you just want to know about so I know some venues obviously add accommodation stuff so don't just necessarily look at the website or you look at other blogs or speak to other people who got married somewhere like yeah it's great it was a shame we couldn't stay like just check the venue because they might be adding other options in or there might be other things happening you know I think a lot of venues nowadays are realizing the importance for accommodation on site so I think if they do have space a lot of venues that I know who maybe started off as bands and things are updating and offering accommodation and, you know, different facilities, they are updating things. So that's a really, really good point to know that, you know, things do change and it's important to understand if there is any potential for that and to make sure that you're happy with it. Yeah, because that's the thing that obviously they might be planning it, make sure you actually do know when it's going to be ready or when the things can be ready and things like that. But it's still, yeah, it's something to consider, isn't it? The other big one, I guess, is like the pricing and the payment plans and things. So I know we've talked about it a lot here about having pricing on your website. It can be tricky for venues, which I do understand because there's so many options. But if they don't have a brochure or a price, obviously get in touch and find out what the price is. Or when you speak to them and give them all your kind of what your plans for the day are, you can get a price off them. And then find out like what deposits do you need to put down and when's the fi- other payments due and things. Because if you're planning a wedding and obviously saving up in the meantime to pay it off, it's just good to know because I know a lot of suppliers kind of take a deposit and then a final balance a few weeks before. But for venues, I know that a lot do kind of have obviously bigger deposits because it's a larger upfront fee usually. And then they might have like six months before and two months before or, you know, all this kind of, they often have different payment plans and they might have other things available for you as well if cost is sort of a factor. So it's worth speaking to them. Definitely. And I think it's a really good point to mention about understanding payment and payment schedules. I think I advise all couples to write down when you're in a calendar when your payments are due because there's nothing worse than being chased by suppliers for payments or to be surprised by a payment coming up and not maybe necessarily having the correct funds. So it's really important to make sure that you you understand and you're aware of what payments are coming out and when. So you can make sure everybody has that on time because for instance, if you don't pay your patron on time, they won't be able to place their orders for your day. So you might run the risk of not being able to have the food that you want, the menu that you want. So it's really important that you're aware of your payment schedule. Yeah. And like I say, a lot of payments end up being due at the same time, don't they? So it can help with budgeting just to know, right, well, everyone wants stuff off us like four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever, before the wedding date. So either saving up and having that lump sum there or paying some off a bit earlier so it's spread out more. It's kind of a good option. Obviously, often venues, especially if you're including food and your drink and stuff within the venue cost, is generally going to be one of the highest, probably the biggest, if not certainly up there with the biggest cost for the wedding. So yeah, definitely. Cool. Anything else we haven't just like, we've gone through quite a big list there. I'm going to try, I'll probably edit this out if I don't do it, but I'll try and do a blog post alongside this that kind of marries up and just has a few questions and stuff on there. Cause I think, yeah, it's quite, there's a lot of content, isn't it? To digest definitely. with it. But. 
And I think this is why a while ago I put together a venue list as well. So it's a venue question list. So a list of questions that you can print out, that you can ask, that you can take to your venue visits and ask your your suppliers or your venue. So I think we could probably pop a link to that as well, just if you want sort of more detailed questions to ask. I know we've gone through it quite generally about you know what you need to talk about but there's like a a list of questions there that you can kind of go through yeah we'll link to that in the show notes so yeah if you're listening and you know especially if you're driving and you can't make notes while you're listening yeah it's great to at least you've got that resource there but hopefully it's got you thinking about how much there is to think about with a venue but the good thing is once you've got that ticked off you found the venue and you know the restrictions and you've got everything in place then you can you've got when you know when you've got that date and venue is when you can start having the fun and you know really planning all the other suppliers and how you want things to look and so yeah i think it's it can be a lot to start with and then once you've got a venue in a date it feels more real and and gives you a good starting point so yeah i think it should be exciting to look around venues so hopefully we're not trying to overwhelm anyone but yeah hopefully just giving you things to think about rather than just kind of going in and thinking oh this looks beautiful let's book here yes completely i couldn't agree more it's nice to to be prepared when you're going to look around venues because it is such an important part of your day, but not to feel so overwhelmed that it puts you off. You know, these are just things that can hopefully help you when you're scouting out the best venue for you. Cool. Thanks so much, Hannah. I think we've covered everything for venues there. Anything else you can think of? No, I think we're good. Cool. Well, thank you, everyone. If you enjoying the show, like we've got obviously a couple live now. We have a website. We have some episodes out. By the time you listen to this one, there'll be more out. So if you have a listen, let us know what you think. If you do have any questions, we're on Instagram at allthingsweddings underscore podcast. And on our website is allthingsweddingspodcast.com. So just go and have a look, drop us any questions. If you'd like to hear certain topics from us, just let us know. And yeah, just let us know what you think of the episodes and are they helping you planning your wedding? So let us know. Thanks, Hannah. Perfect. You have been listening to All Things Weddings. Subscribe for future episodes or head to allthingsweddingspodcast.com for all the show notes.